0: Welcome back to the Strategic Imagination Sandbox, hosted by Learning Forte. I am Greg Klimovitz, leadership and community development consultant and lead convener for the Strategic Imagination Sandbox. Uh, And for those who listened in to the last episode, you're going to be excited to know that while our last episode scratched the surface a bit on planning for feedback and assessment, this episode is the one you've been waiting for and that we're most excited about uh, as we begin to integrate and expand the conversation into the actual nuance of the Rise model developed by Emily Ray, so Emily, please tell us what is the Rise model and how did it come to be?
1: Okay, the Rise model is um, it is a methodology or a series of steps. Uh, that can be followed to guide self-evaluations, peer critiques, uh, supervisor to subordinate feedback, um, but also things like project debriefs. Um, RISE is an acronym. It stands for Reflect, Inquire, Suggest, and Elevate. And when used together, these four levels of the RISE model, they help to structure and facilitate more meaningful conversations about the things that we care about.
0: So here's a little side note um, and almost like an Easter egg in the Strategic Imagination Sandbox. For those of you who have submitted any of your worksheets, And have received feedback from the likes of yours truly, you may notice that the way that we provide feedback to you is structured in exactly what you just outlined, Emily, in terms of that reflect and that inquire and and whatnot. So I'm just wondering, uh, how can the RISE model be leveraged in a way beyond even that, that can enhance how leaders align their values and those of their organization, create in the midst of real constraints and move towards desired impact?
1: Great question. RISE as a framework, again, has four levels, which are aligned um, with Bloom's taxonomy and learning theory. And the idea is that as you move through the steps, you are moving through higher levels of critical thinking and engagement with um, uh, an individual or an idea. And so thinking about leaders who might need to leverage the model for value alignment. you know, it's, it starts with reflecting, right? It starts with, um, taking a look at personal and or organizational values to inquire into what that means to, to you or to the organization. Um, or if you can even identify them and if so, where they show up or how they show up and how they are operationalized in the organization, um, it might then take a turn into strategizing or, you know, making suggestions um for you know how to chart a course or where to go from here so you know to to su- suggest some uh, meaningful collective engagement in conversation about the topic um collective agreement or action as to how to um operationalize these values in what the organization does. And then I think in terms of elevating, it would be around committing to returning to the conversation, um, you know, with consistency at regular intervals, um, you know, to say, how is this going and, and engage that process again, you know, to say, we, we, we outlined some things that we wanted to do. We experimented with it. Let's go ahead and assess how that worked. And you know, from here, we will uh, chart some next steps on this journey.
0: Stacey, I'm curious if you could jump in here. Uh, as someone who found this model so helpful uh, when you were working with another one of our colleagues at one point, I'm wondering what about this model most attracted you and how, to, how did it really play out practically?
2: So it's interesting, like a lot of educators, I came into the RISE model thinking about using it to give feedback on educational projects, right? That was the first way that I was going to use it. But then once I learned more from Emily about using it for self-reflection and peer-to-peer reflection and how you could use it for a product or a project reflection or in a group, I was just so... Struck by how, how having a simple set of questions, um, that are just slightly different in each of these contexts allowed me to become more adept at moving through this more consistently. So I, what I've become very aware of is that I am really quick. Without the rise model to jump to suggestion, that my first gut, my own personal in, instinct is to skip the first two pieces, and that by slowing down and doing those, and to that you know that reflecting and acknowledging what's happened and what was present and articulating those components slows me down enough to make sure that the relational piece has had time to establish so that by the time I do get to some other steps, they can be heard or received. The other thing I've discovered is that the inquiry step where I slow down and ask questions about what they planned often shifts what I would say in the suggestion step. And so I can tell when I haven't been working through the rise steps When I make a suggestion and then someone says, but the contextual reality I was working in or the context I was working in didn't allow that. And I'm like, oh, if I had stopped to just make sure we were on the same page to ask some inquiry questions, then I would have made a suggestion that could have been received and was relevant instead of one that just was the first thing that came to me.
0: I mean, I'm, I, I, for those that are podcasters and listening, that you don't get to see the, the the joy on faces when someone who's developed something gets that kind of feedback and is like, oh, that's great. So I mean, I'm sure it's, it's refreshing to hear uh, that in many ways what's happened with the RISE model is it's put a holy pause in the midst of a, a lot of us who are working with folks to be able to say, oh, <laughs> let's be intentional and strategic. About this feedback, so we are really not only centering the goal, but we're centering the person that we're providing that feedback to, um, so that their value is once again elevated.
1: Yeah, what you said about the inquiry part is so important. Um, You know, particularly for that context about why decisions were made or why an approach, um, you know, was was chosen. Uh, to to handle something that way and oftentimes there's so much information that we don't have um, that would be helpful to know before we even offer any ideas about um, you know uh, encouragement guidance what we think might help towards getting someone closer to the goal that we identified and so certainly um you know, just kind of reflecting first and making note of, you know, what stood out to you and why, but then getting quickly into the, you know, the portions that maybe you don't quite understand why and asking questions for clarity such that you have that more 30,000 foot perspective on what's going on before you even try to start um, charting a course um, from where you are to where you want to be.
0: That's really good insight. I mean, one of the things um, that is uh, a part of what I do professionally is coaching, uh, executive leadership coaching and whatnot. And we constantly talk about the art of asking questions, and and that is really one of the distinctions – that some have suggested that is between coaching and consulting. But what we have talked about at Learning Forte is the, the notion of consulting with a coaching mindset. And I think a big piece of that is because of what you just described, is that in everything that we do, when we're providing our kind of lens with our leaders or our clients, is that we want it to come through the lens of inquiry uh, even before we get to suggesting, but then we also need to make sure that when we come back, we need to elevate those goals that you've laid out. It's this full circle approach that it really feels like it's for me, at least is the integration of coaching and consulting at its finest.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Greg.
2: Emily makes a distinction between summative and formative assessment, um, or the process and the product. Is another way she talks about that. Um, at Learning Forte all the time, we say that formative assessment always and summative assessment when appropriate. So we constantly want to be using feedback in order to improve our learning, improve our processes. And when it is appropriate, evaluate the actual end product, um, which often is in a course or in a, when a team is working on something.
1: Yeah, a lot of times people get, um, hung up on the difference between, um, the suggest and the elevate levels of the model because, um, you know, kind of, uh, at a quick glance, you might think that they're the same thing, but they speak more directly to what you were talking about, Stacy. the difference between um, product and process. Um, and this is something that I share with my students a lot, but it is is your process that you will continue to tweak, refine, uh, have become more efficient or more effective in what you do. The product of what you create, you create once. Um, and so feedback on that isn't as helpful as, Next time you try this, you might approach it, you know, with these considerations in mind. And so the suggest level really speaks to in this current moment, in this current situation, you know, what do we need to think about with what is here front and center? Um, But the elevate is about what could be next time, you know, if the circumstances arise again, what might we want to be thinking about in order to, you know, create a a clear pathway to where we want to be.
0: Well, Emily, thank you so much for share what you've shared. I'm sure you've learned a lot from leaders and organizations along the way. We're really excited for folks uh, within the sandbox to be able to test out and play out this RISE model, which there's going to be some links available to them uh, to check out. Is there anything that you would recommend first and foremost for those who are listening um, to this episode about where to go uh, if they're interested in some resources? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, of course, I have some things uh, posted up at risemodel.com, um, but I am also getting ready to launch a RISE Fundamentals course. So it's something that I've been working on since I started this conversation um, with Stacy last year. Um, I kind of think this speaks to what we talked about in terms of, you know, continuing to develop this body of work, even amidst, you know, being a professor or some of the other consulting stuff that I do. But it, it feels important. Um, and mostly because, you know, the RISE model as available on the website uh, as a PDF download, if you can look at it, make sense of it and um, find value in it have at it, you know, like it's, it's not uh, anything that I want to put behind a paywall or keep as a secret. It's absolutely something that I think has value on its own. Um, but also there's, as you can, as you can, um, you know, hear through our conversation, there's so much more, uh, to this, there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, so, you know, we could go so much deeper in every single one of these areas. And so the RISE Fundamentals course that I'm working on is an attempt to to do that, but at scale, <laughs> just such that, you know, with the number of people, you know, the, the number that I know of that are using it, it would be nice to have more of an explanation that accompanies the model. So that's certainly uh, what I've got in the hopper now.
0: Well, thank you, Emily, for sharing that. And I'm sure that folks that are listening in will definitely be checking out your, your website. And hopefully you'll see some of the traction come from some of our learners when you go into your analytics. So thanks for, for joining us in this part, 2 We'll be back with, with the final episode.